Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good evening, TC, and welcome to our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the Idler Billsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening free to the first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon, all the W's dot patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Or follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, or join our group, which thanks to TC is now over 2,000 strong. So thanks so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Yes, it's very much appreciated. And uh, we thank everyone for joining and uh, joining our group. Absolutely. And we don't just post our stuff. We post uh, podcasts from other people. I I posted today from these Football Times a wonderful podcast about Socrates. There are so many brilliant podcasters out there that are listening to the work and and books. We're going to be talking about Book Corner shortly in association with MyFootballBooks.com. But as always, TC, we start with our magic moments. And what have you sourced for us this week? Well, I don't know. It's about getting easy. It gets harder and harder and harder. This but is the hardest week. You know, I watched. I watched it. Uh, I watched Chelsea last night, and it was absolutely sublime. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chelsea Liverpool game. Uh, Salah's goal yeah. uh, for um, for Liverpool. Uh, but the one I'm going with two Salah's goal and Cockerbridge. Um, I can never pronounce his damn name. The Chelsea boy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's Yugoslavian, isn't he? No, I've never said it a minute ago. <laughs> anyway, I'm going with his goal. Uh, Kovac, Kovac, Kovac or Kovac, something Kovac, like Kovac, that, isn't he? It's Kovacic. Yeah. Kovacic. How difficult so, was that technique, TC? About you know, uh, technique... Uh, to get back Liverpool uh, back into the game. No, I keep saying Liverpool. You're just going a bit darlicky. It's one of the best games I've seen. That. Yeah, you're just going a bit darlicky, so you say, for the first time in months. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the same place as I always sit, so how's that? Yeah, you need to sit in the same place. I'm in the same place as I always am. I'm looking over the M5 motorway. The snow's stopped and it's uh, it's just drizzling. But yeah, that uh, could be the, the the foreign boy that plays for Chelsea, the way that that ball just dropped and his technique was was sublime. You know, it's uh, it's not one of those that just comes at you. You've got to practice that. Well, you have got to practice it. Like anything else, all these top players do practice. But they are born with the technique. Yep. A lot of them are born with the technique. Um, and that's a big help uh, to anyone. And, and when you've got that kind of player in your team, uh, it's always going to be a, an advantage to you, that, that, that team. Because, like I, say, like, like, I, like I said when I wrote about Chelsea, you know, they've got 30, 30, maybe 35 top, top players. So if they want to rest people, it's not going to cause them any harm. Um, if people are injured, you know, they've still got the backup. 
you know, the the thing about all these top teams, choose who you are, you know, you're going to have a couple of off day games, and that happens with Chelsea, that happens with Manchester City, but they're a marvellous team to watch, and like I say, the technique of all these top players are just unbelievable. Absolutely, and uh, Chris has just remastered our interview with Matt Letizia, and I was talking to Matt about that same thing, his glorious goals, and he says, yeah, it's partially that you you, you got these these gifts anyhow, but the hours and hours of practice that, that he undertook to uh, to perfect and hone his skills, yeah, you can't forget that. Uh, what I couldn't forget from my magic moments was Lanzini's goal. I mean, oh, what? I mean, in real time. There was a pass, just, I don't know if I'm interrupting your, yeah. your magic moment. There was a pass last night from one of Chelsea players. Yes, Alonso. Oh, Alonso. Yeah, was one. Unbelievable. That led, to the, that led to the first goal. It was delicious, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. Yeah, but, but go on. Lanzini's Lanz, goal. I mean, we. Um, we had visitors uh, the weekend uh, on, on a Sunday. Uh, the kids had come round and one granddaughter says, Grandad, can, can I watch the football with you? I said, yeah, yeah, no problem, bab. Uh, no upstairs, Grandad. I think she just likes to jump on Grandad's bed. And we was watching it Lanzini scored and I've got up and applauded. What a goal. Grandad, don't <laughs> shout. I said, bab, what a goal that was from Lanzini, bab. And it was just sublime. Also, Matinho's I've got to give a shout to. Uh, Salat was another one I, ident- I, ident- I in- identified. Blimey, I'm struggling over my words and I'm only drinking lemon squash uh, this afternoon too. So. But my big magic moment, my number one that even superseded Lanzini's goal was Connor Wilkinson's equaliser for Warsaw against Newport County. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but he's I got it. Oh, what a goal, TC. And in the last minute... I know it's incredible. Some of them, and yeah. like we've always said, uh, we're having the cameras at all the all these leagues, and even the conference. We've seen some absolutely, yeah, com- uh, com- some great goals in the uh, national league. I keep calling it the conference, but yeah, another one, un- unbelievable. I mean, that that one would have been shown for a good fortnight if it had been uh, in the Premier League, as you know. Oh, yeah. But there's that many great goals that going to make great uh, magic moments that uh, it's going difficult, really. Even though I picked mine, there's another 20 that same weekend or week that you could pick. Yeah, I think it was just a brilliant... A brilliant week for for goals in particular uh, last week, and as I say Connor's goal, and I do like to identify goals from the lower leagues because you're right, they don't get the same recognition as if if that would have been a Messi or a Ronaldo scoring that goal, he'd be on Talksport, be on Match of the Day, be on absolutely everything. But well done to Connor Wilkinson, and well done to uh, Warsaw as well. You did touch on a Chelsea and Tottenham. 50 years ago, Chelsea played Tottenham in the League Cup semi-final and there's a brilliant podcast out with uh, Steve Perryman and and our pal uh, Alan Hudson, so check it out I have put it onto the current view and first leg Chelsea beat Spurs 3-2 at the bridge and then Huddy equalised at White Hart Lane in the second leg 
Spurs were 2-1 up, heading for uh, for Wembley. And then Oddie took a free kick. A lot of people thought it was a corner because it was by the corner flag. And Oddie said to Steve, no, 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 it was a, it was a free kick. And I got an idea. It was not an ailer that was jumping up as a one-man wall in front of Oddie. So he's looked up. He's thought, oh, oh he's jumping up. I'm going to put it under him. And Oddie, the visionary of Oddie, is put it underneath him to the near post. Cyril Knowles has missed it. And it's gone in. And Chelsea are on the way to Wembley in 1972, just like I think they will be 50 years on in uh, well, 2022. When you see goals scored like that today, yeah, people think that they weren't done nowadays. Just We just I didn't have the cameras in the ground. Exactly, yeah. You know, some of the goals I saw when I was playing, mm. I mean, everybody goes on about my goal at Bramble Lane, but I scored, in my opinion, I scored one better at... Um, at Fulham, yeah, you know, so all these goals that we see today, I we saw them, I saw them when I was playing in a match day, but we didn't see them all because obviously the TV cameras weren't there like they are now. It's twenty four seven, isn't it? Absolutely, but your hero George Best saw that goal and he described it as a wonderful goal as well and a wonderful talent. This young boy Terry Curran is. Yes, uh, that's right. He came into the he came into the players' lounge after the game. Yeah. And he said to me, he come over, he shook my hand and he said, Why you're some player, aren't you? Yeah. You know, I just started laughing. I said, Not half as good as you. <laughs> but but in those days you had players' lounges. They don't today. And Steve Perryman on the podcast, because I love to watch Steve Perryman on his podcast, and I can listen to Hoodie uh, all day long as well. And and he said when when they played, uh, when he played against <laughs> Alan Ball, he said, Ball, he come over to, to him and says, You don't like me, do you? <laughs> and Perryman looked up. He said, "You would if you played with me." <laughs> and he said that that was baller, you know, yeah. a genius. But you were talking about goals there, TC, and um, a fantastic fact from the FA Cup because it is FA Cup weekend uh, this weekend. Dennis Law once bagged six goals in an FA. Cup tie for Manchester City at Luton in 1961. It would have been a cracking day for the Scot, but it, it torrentially rained and the game was abandoned after 69 minutes. And when it was replayed, Luton won 3 1. So Law's, oh. yeah, Law's goal of six, uh, Hall of Six goals was just eradicated, similar to Huddy's brace in 1973 against Norwich City in the League Cup. It just doesn't seem fair, does it? I forgot all about that, but now you've said that, I remember that. I'm going to say I remember it. I remember it, seeing it written mm-hmm. and talked about, you know, obviously, when I was playing. Yeah. But I completely forgot. That it, yes, it's true. Like, you know, I can remember reading about that. In the latest edition of 442, because, you know, we love the books, I love the magazines, I love listening to podcasts because it educates me. And there's a lovely picture here of Dennis sitting there with his feet up with a forlorn uh, look on his face. And it says, the six sorrows of Dennis Law. Uh, He clearly (laughs) isn't reading that because it's for the cameras and it's like a a shot just to promote how peed off Dennis is by scoring six times and it being all eradicated because of torrential rain and the game was abandoned and Luke went on to win 3-1. Incredible. And that's just football and the uh, the magic of the cup, I guess, for, for Luton. We don't see days like that no more, will we? No. Abandoned and, you know, and getting, and getting cancelled and then uh, the other team going on to win. I think those day, t- types of days are finished now because the games get cancelled beforehand or 
you know, the pictures of that well uh, maintained that uh, they can finish games once they start them. Absolutely. But uh, Book Corner TC, in association with myfootballbooks.com, got some fantastic picks again uh, this week. Um, Andy, we do do a regular podcast and we're doing it next uh, next week, which is the monthly podcast of Book Corner that's grown out of the current view. Andy sent us, I believe, in Miracles by Daniel Taylor, which is the book written by Daniel from the wonderful DVD documentary programme from Johnny Owen, I Believe in Miracles, the remarkable story of Brian Clough and his European Cup winning team. I mean, when Cloughy took over and on this day... In 1970, let's have a look, 1975, 6th of January 1975, Forrest appointed Brian Howard Clough. Forrest were 13th in the second division, five points above the drop zone, and the rest is history. Thanks to a Kenny Hibbit goal on what was it, the 14th of May 1977, away at Bolton Wanderers, which promoted Nottingham Forest and changed the direction of travel for one of uh, Europe's greatest achievements. Yeah, without a question of a doubt, and what and what achievement it was. Yeah, you know, I mean, we all people going about Leicester uh, nowadays yeah. with the Premier League, but for Forest to win two European Cups, yeah, you know, and and, and win um, a league title uh, for a team uh, getting promotion uh, the season before. That's some achievement. But he did the same thing with Derby County and he was so unlucky not to win a uh, uh, to win a European Cup with Derby County. Yeah. You know, because that Derby County were robbed uh, against that Juventus team. Yeah, the word. I mean, he went back into the uh, the, the press room, didn't he? Or, or was yeah. it the players' lounge? And he said, I'm not staying in here. You're a bunch of cheating bastards and walks out. But again, that was Cluffy and Cluffy was absolutely yeah. right. But, you know, teams, British teams were cheated out of European competitions back in the 70s. There was a lot of school doggery. I think AC Milan done uh, very similar things to Leeds United in 73. And Alan Clark told me that the referee arrived on the same playing as the Milan players yeah <laughs> you know that it's just the way that European not, football was nothing nothing surprises me where there's money mm? in any sport because obviously where there's any sport money yeah. you know there's, yeah. there's a lot of gambling at, uh, at um on major sports, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, there? So that is. doesn't surprise me that one little bit. But you did talk about Leicester, and let's just look at that briefly. Okay, Leicester, and I, I hear the Johnny come lately saying it's the greatest feat. Absolutely not a patch, and it doesn't even get close to Nottingham Forest. Leicester just about stayed up in in the Premier League, and then uh, uh, Ranieri took them to the Championship the season after. Now yeah. with Nottingham Forest. They were just five points off the drop zone to the third division when Brian took over. And a lot of them players were already there. Cluffy, like Shankly, sprinkled magic dust on Forest, like Shanks did to the boot room of, of, of Liverpool. And to, to go from that position to win the league after getting promoted and then being the only club ever to have won the European Cup more times than their domestic football league is quite incredible. And an achievement <laughs> that will never, ever ever be rivaled and captured in Johnny uh, Johnny Owen's magnificent uh, documentary I Believe in Miracles great music from that as well, well by the way 
when you look, Frank Clark were a free transfer from Newcastle. Yeah. Right. I wrote I wrote a, a, a bit about Frank the other day. Um, played I played for Doncaster in the not FA Cup, the League Cup. The beat is six one or six nil. Yes. Yeah. And, and the the deafening noise, unbelievable. You thought you thought they wouldn't league title. I couldn't believe because I was sort of picture. I'm thinking this is incredible. That's because Frank Clark had scored. Yeah. So Cluffy had signed him. Burns and Burns and uh, and Lavi Lloyd. Lloyd he got for sixty thousand pound from, um, which everybody thought you know he had better days because he'd left Liverpool. Burns he was always an handful to Birmingham and always got problems in around him. And what did he pay for Burnsy? I'm not 80, sure. 000, yeah, I'm not. 000. I'm not sure. It wasn't a lot of money. No, it wasn't a lot Can't of money. Can't remember. Right. I mean, the biggest one is Schultz, the yeah. grand. Yeah. And yeah. Trevor Francis, the million quid. Yeah. Robbo were there. Woody were there. Gary Bertles had paid 2000 from Long Eaton. Yeah. Um, Martin were there. Ian Boyer were there. John McGovern, they got for, for peanuts from um, Leeds. Uh, McGovern so, come from Derby. He went to Leeds after Forest, didn't he? Oh. McGovern. Yeah, I was just saying you're going for, 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 for peanuts from, from uh, Leeds. I didn't say Derby. I said they got McGovern for peanuts. I didn't even mention Derby or Leeds, but that's where they got it from. You're right, Leeds. Him and John away. Um, so when you look at that team, and when you look at Derby, hmm. it's put it together to come out of a, a, a second division and to go and win league title. Yeah, both clubs, league titles at both clubs. It's incredible. But to go win two European Cups and take on the best in Europe, mm. it's it's phenomenal. Absolutely and, phenomenal. And again, TC, with all them players of international, you know, you, you, you're referring to like Robbo, the guy, you know, uh, Martin was there and Schultz and that. And McGovern was the captain. And he had uh, he had John McGovern as a young kid when he, he was at Hartley Pools, wasn't he? Took him Hartley Pools to Derby, to Forest, then to Leeds and... You know, I think pretty much the only place that he didn't players, travel to was Brighton, wasn't he? All players talk. Mm. And when I first went there, you know, it was a bit difficult when I first said, because I'm taking Martin's place. Yeah. Which there was a group of them. When you go to any club, you, you get groups of young lads together. Yeah. And uh, they used to say to me, why is he, why is he, why is he playing John McGovern? You know? Yeah. And my always answer to that one, when you look at... Because in, in around my time, you watch people going about Steve, Stephen Gerrard, but in my time, you got Glenn Oddle would hit these 30 and 40 yard passes, right? You got uh, Alan Hudson, but Alan Hudson were, were even technically better than Oddle for me, you know, and I'm not being biased, I, for, for me, more technical, because he saw even things, Glenn would even eat 30, 40 yard passes in the majority of the time, where Alan would play little uh, intricate passes and move off yeah. to receive it back. But I used to say to him, Cluffy used to say to him, oh, he'd have something for all of us in the dressing room. And he'd go to John McGovern and he'd say, young man, I bought you and you can't play football. I bought you to get the ball and give it to Robertson or Curran. Other than that, stop people playing. And I used to say to them, he does something that not other players want to do. Yeah. Get it and give it. Yeah. Do, the, do the donkey work and buy. What a servant he has been for Forrest. Now, yeah. Would you put him in a great 11 players? No. But you, I would if Cluffy were picking the, picking the team because all these teams have a, have a player what does the do, don, uh, donkey, donkey. When you look at Sooners, I mean, we're technically a gifted player. But he, Sooners, even though he was a gifted player, did a lot of donkey work. Yeah. Candy did, does it at Chelsea. 
you know, when you look at all these teams, you know, what have these certain type of players, you know, he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, John McGovern. I'm not yeah. saying he was a great player, but he was a great player of in a team. Absolutely, TC, and it takes all different players and all different components to uh, make up that team. Uh, second book is Ain't Got a Barrel Full of Money by Jason Hollyhead. Uh, Sheffield United, looking at the glory days of uh, Sheffield United in the uh, 70s. And then after almost, well, within a Nats whisker of winning the uh, Football League Championship in the season 74-75, got relegated the season after. I think when I was speaking to Tony Curry, they'd only got a handful of points leading up to Christmas. And when you look at how the, the highest high went for Sheffield in those days, to, to then off the back of that get relegated, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's quite... Um, I don't know what the uh, the opposite word to achievement is, but they certainly done it with uh, flying colours. But ain't got a barrel full of money. All about Sheffield United, so another book to look out for. And it's on the back of uh, World Soccer magazine this week. There's a number of books. One that really has took my fancy, and I want to uh, have a chat with the uh, the author. The year we nearly won the league, Stoke City, and it's the story of the 1974-75 season by Jonathan. Baker. I remember Uddy telling me about that because Uddy's done something for that book. Forward is by Terry Conroy. Um, the Scottish League Cup, 75 years. Foss versus Luffs. And that was another book that was recommended by uh, Andy and spoken about on last month's uh, book corner. I love the fact that in these football magazines, they're promoting the football books because there are so many brilliant books about. And I've done a, a Too Good To Be Forgotten interview with them. Um, Oh my life! What's the fella's name? Now he's gonna kill me about uh, Trevor, about Trevor Ford, Neil Palmer. Sorry that for that, Neil. Momentarily, it's a senior moment that I've had. And he's got another book coming out uh, in February: Life with the Robins and Beyond, uh, the story of Jeff Merrick. So that looks to be a fantastic read, and that will get a shout. Uh, in this month's book corner from me as well. And finally, TC, um, Dr. Socrates. We did talk about him playing for Garforth Town on the podcast last week, but uh, his book, forward by Johan Cruyff, uh, Dr. Socrates, footballer, philosopher and legend by Andrew Downey, which is a fantastic read. And, and not just a football player, but a player that influence politically the Corinthians and their socialist movement for democracy in those uh, dark days of Brazil. I didn't realise that 1964 it was taken over by uh, pretty much the um, a dictatorship, a military dictatorship, and it wasn't until the uh, mid-80s it was overthrown and people were actually given a vote, and that was largely down to Socrates and then players of Corinthians. So when you when you when you look at that, yeah. I mean. He could have been uh, assassinated, him, you know. He could have, yeah. Because obviously, under dictatorship, when yeah. you get people, you know, people in the public eye, public eye like he was, mm. uh, we're always going to cause them all sorts of problems. And you're right, it, it, it was inf it was his influence what uh, took Brazil out of bit dictatorship. Absolutely, and. Uh, the way that football is set up in Brazil, these football players are like um, like gods, aren't they? They're godlike figures, and 
you know, if, if Socrates would have done that, say, for instance, in Paraguay or Bolivia or Peru or another South American country, quite possibly yeah. Colombia in particular, quite possibly would have been shot. But who, some... was the guy, who was the guy that made the mistake? Was it, um, him, yeah, he, uh, he's... Um, he from my tongue, he got assassinated. Yeah, he did, it was after... the World Cup game. Was it after the 19... Went into a restaurant. Yeah, it was, was that after the 1994 uh, yeah, World Cup in America, wasn't it? his name. Was it Escobar? Escobar. Was it Escobar, yeah, Escobar. wasn't it? Yeah. Because they yeah. were really fancy going into that tournament, if memory serves me right. And uh, didn't he score an own goal or had something to do with a goal that ultimately knocked what, him out? Knocked and they, him out, yes. They, they, they was, shot him, didn't they? Yeah. Some, it's unreal. Football is unreal. And when you, I mean, you were talking about Sheffield United going... Uh, Promoting in relegation. Look at Northampton. Yeah, went absolutely. Up, went through the leagues yeah. and then went back down through the leagues. Again, another brilliant story. I mean, all these yeah. stories, these books, I mean, well worth a read. I'm not too sure whether there is a book out about Northampton, but you're there right. They, they went from first to fourth to first and from first to fourth, didn't they? Yeah. In, was it pretty much consecutive seasons? Yeah. That is unbelievable. It is when you think about it. But I mean, when you look at Northampton, you think, how would they be able to, even in those days, go from, you know, a fourth division into first yeah. and back all the way back down to fourth? It's, it's incredible, isn't it? It certainly is. Time Vault, uh, Kenny Hibbert is in our Time Vault uh, this week, TC. Born on the <laughs> 3rd of uh, January 1951. So Kenny is 71 years of age. I was coming back from work on Monday and uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers were playing at. Um, at Old Trafford against Man United and I heard on my local radio West Midlands uh, station Kenny's uh, happy birthday Kenny 70 today and I thought no he's not because I messaged Kenny last year to wish him happy 70th he's 71 I'll just briefly have a a look at his career started at Bradford Park Avenue he was a Bradford lad uh, 60-70 was he a Bradford lad or Leeds? no no he was born in Bradford Bradford. played for Bradford Park Avenue I don't know up this way him and his brother yeah 15 games, no goals. Moved to Wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moved to Wolves, 68 to 84. 466 league games, 89 league goals. So with the uh, Cups, well over 500. And Derek Parkin is the only player that's made more appearances in the Golden Black. Went to Seattle in uh, 1982. 84 to 86 at Coventry, 86 to 88 Bristol Rovers. Uh, 1970, he played once for the England under-21s, although he was at many, uh, a few camps for the under-23s. Managed at Warsaw, Cardiff and Hensford as well. And, you know, what's your memories of Kenny? Because you must have played against Kenny on a couple of occasions, TC. Yeah, him and his brother, Kenny and Terry, you know, Terry went to, to Newcastle. Yeah. You know, uh, both of them technically, like anything else, good, good players. But then you've got people like Bremner, Giles, uh, Hudson and all these curries. Mm. You know, so as, as, as Alan Hudson and all them will tell you, a great player, absolutely technically gifted player, always stood out when, when, when you played against Wolves, always a competitor, right? But not only as a competitor, technically gifted player. I always like playing... I like playing against any any majority of teams. I always did well against Wolves, you know, uh, in general, whatever team I was playing for. But uh, no, great player uh, and a great, great lad. And along with his brother and all, Terry a bit, two, two fabulous players. 
Well, you've just referenced Alan Hudson. I caught up with pal Alan Hudson earlier, and uh, this is what Alan had got to say about Kenny Hibbett. Alan Hudson, good morning, sir. Uh, Kenny Hibbett, tell me about Kenny. You played with Kenny when, of course, he went over to Seattle Sounders in 1982, where you won the Western Division and almost took the uh, major trophy at uh, Soccer Bowl in 82, which, of course, today Seattle Sounders fans are still raving about. One of the, I don't say strangest, it was, um, you know, when you you play against certain players and uh, you rate them however you rate them. And I played uh, with Kenny. I've been in a couple of England under-23 squads with him. Then I played against him, obviously, Chelsea Wolves, Stoke and Wolves, and uh, Arsenal and Wolves. I thought he was a very, I thought he was a good player. And then all of a sudden, uh, when I was in Seattle, obviously captain there, and uh, so I had uh, a lot more responsibility and I had a lot more to say about the team with uh, the coach Alan Hinton, who was a brilliant coach, he bought Steve Daly from Wolves, yeah. and uh, Steve was, as you know, the million-pound player around the time when about a year after I I left Chelsea, and which was a ridiculous fee for someone like Steve, and it, which he uh, admits hell of a lot of money. Steve came there to Seattle and um, didn't really scored the odd. Brilliant goal, which he was capable of doing from because he he, he had a ferocious shot. Uh, he would he would you know pull one out the pull one out the air for you. Uh, but his overall game was you know I I, I kind of uh, it was probably wrong on me to judge him f- for going for a million pound. It wasn't his fault yeah. uh, that they paid Manchester City paid that amount of money for him. And then when we broke the team up uh, the following year, but as you do as you did in America at that time, you kind of got a new team. Um, certain players come back to their clubs here. Uh, of course, I, I was only one or two players that um, were there full time from from my move from Arsenal, and we and we signed Kenny right out of the blue, and Kenny came over and. Uh, he was a lovely fella. I remember getting on really well with Kenny, and uh, and I thought he would be a decent addition to our team. Although we had a real good team, um, and to be perfectly honest, mate, he took over the place. He yeah. was absolutely superb. Um, I couldn't speak either of any player. He was he was fantastic. It it just seemed. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia. Or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.